But what did the Undertaker whisper to you? Okay. So, I think everybody kind of can see it for what it was, right? And when, when something like that happens, like, that's something that no one can take away from me. That moment belongs to me. No one else in the world in the history of time ever gets to have that moment. No one but me. This Saturday at the Royal Rumble, the first ever Mountain Dew pitch black match is taking place. The competitors in the match are LA Knight and my guest at this time, Bray Wyatt. Bray, thank you so much for giving me the time. I know you don't do a lot of these, so I appreciate you doing it very much. Yeah, man, I appreciate being here. It's, it's, been, a, it's been a long time since I've, I've gotten to really you know, speak my mind on, on a platform like this. So this is exciting for me. All right, well, this is your first televised match in years how are you feeling heading into it well i think that there's you know there's a certain reluctancy to me where where there hasn't been in the past you know i think there's it, it's a part with any athlete you know when you when you're away from something for so long there's there's something in the back of your head that's, that's like am i still it am i still what i what i am what i what i what i should be you know and i think that for the majority since i've been back i, I was kind of there in a, in a sense and like as the weeks have progressed, I've really started to kind of come into my own again and start to remember why I do this and, and what, how, how much it means to me to be out there and perform at things like the Royal Rumble. So it's, it's like the closer I've gotten, I've, I've started to really start to sink my teeth into being, you know, what I should be. Well, in that initial promo, when you came back, you talked about how it was the first time you were showing your real genuine self to the WWE audience that must have felt weird for you considering it was such a far cry from what you had done for so long before in WWE. Yeah. Well, I, I think that genuinely that moment was, it was not for me. It was during that, during my time away, it was like, you know, I had opportunities to do really cool things, movies and TV shows and stuff. And I just, I wouldn't because I felt broken. It was like, there was, there was something that was just shut off and I, and I didn't understand why, you know? Uh, so it was, it was literally people telling me and just keeping me alive and dragging me back, telling me that, you know, you should, you should still do this. We miss you because I didn't, I didn't feel that way at first. You know, I felt, I felt damaged and it was, it was that that kind of gave me the strength to kind of build back out and, and explode, you know? So it was, it was, it was geared for them. It was. Yeah, I'm one of those people. And I remember I, you know, because I follow so many other fans of yours, when you came back, just not even with the promo, just when you came back at Extreme Rules, like it was, I saw people crying. Like I saw people genuinely yeah. just moved at the fact that you were back. And I think that I'm one of those people the whole time you were gone who was constantly saying, bring him back. I want to see him back. So I understand <laughs> why, why everybody was saying the same thing. And I just, you know, from your perspective, I can't imagine feeling that way and then seeing when you came back how wrong you were. Yeah. Well, well, dude, I am a, I, I despise the way my mind worked. And that's, that's the truth of it all. You know, I am the first person to ever to tell you all my flaws. You know, uh, I have, I, I refuse to watch myself back. I've never seen pretty much anything that I've ever done. I can't watch. You know, I, I just that kind of head case, man, you know, but it's also kind of my superpower. It's what makes me me is the is the obsession. And and when I'm geared on something, I'm, I'm so deep into it that there is no separating, you know, life from anything else. It just is. And 
when I dive deep like that, you know, it's it's what makes me connect, and it's the reason that I have fans that are that are that are so, you know, into what I do. It feels like it's part of their life too, and and if I didn't have such, you know, uh, uh, passionate fans, man, I would I wouldn't be here. I really wouldn't. It's it's them that led me back here. Well, I can imagine too, like you, you know, you lose your job. And then, you know, you have the loss of a close friend, you know, all around the same time. I just can't imagine like back to back what that would do to you mentally if you're already someone who's in that place. Yeah, man, there, there was so much there, there was just so much going on, you know, and with all that, it was kind of like it was just. It was it was out of nowhere, you know, I, I wasn't prepared for any of that. I lost my childhood best friend. I lost Brody. I lost my best friend from college, Mark Allen. In several years, you know, like it was, it was something that I think I I didn't deal with very well. And, you know, I think Brody's wife Amanda dealt with it, <laughs> and the kids dealt with it better than me and Rowan did. You know, and it's it's something I don't. I just like I, it, there's something there that reminds me of him every single day, and it's you know, I, I think that time period was such a just a conundrum for me. It was. I wasn't myself and and it took me a while to kind of remember to remember what what makes me me and it was it was a long journey man but it was it's led me here into this moment and this is this is the best I've ever felt all right well let's move into I'll move into a more positive part of the conversation because we are here to talk about something very cool you coming back to the ring uh what should we expect to see in a pitch black match I think that's the kind of the beauty of it is like usually in these kind of situations, there's all this, this crazy mysticism surrounding it. And it all seems to be kind of derived from my mind, but this one is not like that. It's kind of cool, you know, being in, thrust in a position where I, I genuinely don't know what the pitch black match is going to be like. I've been assured that it's unlike anything that's ever been seen before. And I, I can't imagine that, but, you know, I love to innovate. I love to take risks and do things that everyone else wouldn't dare to do because I'm, you know, I'm half an idiot and half a genius, I guess. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I, I have no idea. And I think that's, that's exciting for me. You know, it's, it's cooler that way. You know, I'd rather just walk into the unknown. It's what I'm best at, I think. I, I think actually, because from what I'm hearing, it sounds like from all I'm really hearing is that it might be it take place in a blacked out, Alamo Dome and I do feel like with that mindset a match in the dark does suit you yeah well I've done that before <laughs> surprisingly you know maybe in a red light I, I, I'd rather not it be the red light but but I think that you know it's it's it has to be big you know I've never been a part of something like this with, with sponsors and things like that. It's like, I'm not the guy, you know, I'm like the, the, the devil monster man that's in the back, you know what I mean? It does his own thing, he's a lone wolf. So it's pretty cool to be a part of, of something like this and, and just to see what, what, what it becomes because it, it's, it's, it's sky's the limit, man. Like, it's crazy, you know, what budget, whatever. It's going to be wild. And you're a creative dude, so I feel like, you know, you getting that sandbox, you know, you, you have all these possibilities at your disposal <laughs> at that point. Oh, yeah, yeah. If it was up to me, the match would probably be so confusing, no one would understand it. <laughs> or so I'm told. 
you know, for me, I was someone, you know, in your return, I was the guy following all those QR codes. I was going down the rabbit hole oh. the whole time. Uh, how much did you enjoy seeing everyone follow all those clues? Dude, I think that something about that, uh, it can be appreciated right now, but I think 10, 20 years now, I think like most of my work will be much more appreciated then. That was a concept that on paper looked absolutely insane. And it was something that I had thrown at people before and they, they thought it was completely insane. And even the levels I wanted to take it, but we never quite went there because it probably was insane. But, but just that, that kind of concept, you know, integrated into this and trying to connect to pop culture. And, and the, I think the, the respect the fans got from the brass of the WWE seeing how much they're willing to go into this type of thing, what they're willing to put into it, you know, uh, it, it changed the dynamic of, of the whole industry, I think. And, and something like that, you know, it's really cool because it could have gone the other direction. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows if they didn't find the first one and it was a small group, but they didn't. They found it and then they they dug their own tunnels all around it and found things that never thought they would. So that kind of stuff, you know, excites me. So it's 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 incredibly enjoyable to watch people, you know, enjoy the same things that I do, you know, enjoy your art, basically. Yeah, I'm someone who when I watch television, I love trying to figure out what's going to happen or what these yeah. little clues might mean. I loved Lost. I loved all those types of shows where you're constantly like yeah, having man. to talk with other people about what they found and putting it together and trying to figure it out. And so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, that whole White Rabbit stuff and your return and the promo after for me was like the best part of 2023. It was just it, it was also engaging and, and something that spoke to me for sure. Yeah, dude, I think my goal over the years is has become to see how many times or how many people I can get to tweet that Tim and Eric awesome show meme where it's like, <laughs> I just want to set max numbers on that. Yeah. You know, I just want to see how far I can push, you know, where people are like, okay, dude, chill. And then I don't, and then I don't, of course, but you know, uh, yeah. Coming back, man, like I said, like it was, it was a moment where, where, I don't think I've ever experienced a sensation quite like that. It was like, it was almost like I felt like I was just hovering out there. Like I wasn't walking the, the energy in that building. And I was just there the other night again, sharing a great experience with them again. But that, that energy there, it was so, I've never felt anything like it. I've, I've, I've been in some matches and some segments and things over the years that have had crazy reactions, but that one was just so, it was just so strong. And it was like, unlike anything I'd ever experienced, you know, and it was, it was a, it was a nod. And I was very, I was very, very happy with it. And it, it just, it fueled me. Even that one, you didn't go back and watch afterwards? Never, never. Crazy. Crazy. It's it's part like, dude, it's the thing, like, I took a painting a year ago and I taught myself how to paint and I'll paint things. And as soon as someone goes, wow, you did that? And they walk out of the room, I'll cover it because it's like, you should see what I can do. That's nothing. You know what I mean? It's so for me, it's always been that way. That's kind of my mindset. It's never good enough for me. It always can be better. And, you know, like I said, I, I despise the way my mind works sometimes. And I, I wish it wasn't that way, but it's, that's how I perceive everything. You know, I can't let anything go. 
I'm the same way. I totally understand. I probably yeah. won't be able to watch this back. And it's an interview I've wanted to do like since I first started working in wrestling and I still, I probably won't be able to go back and watch it either. So I completely, I completely understand that. Uh, well, let's ask, I know that if I do this interview with you and there's, there's things that I don't ask you about uncle Howdy and Alexa bliss that, that people are going to be mad at me. Uh, so this story with you and Uncle Howdy, you know, with you, everything going on between you and Uncle Howdy, uh, it's appeared as though you were almost fighting him from bringing out a darker side of you. Would that be a fair assessment from people that are watching it? I, I honestly, I don't know. Like, th there's things about me that people don't understand, right? And when they see all these chapters of myself and they kind of look at them as, oh, like split personalities or something like that. If you ever met anyone with, with personalities? you would see that it's not so cut and dry. It's not so simple. It's not like a movie, you know? And, you know, I suffer from things, diagnosis that I'm not going to share with people. And I like being the voice for people to see on a real basis instead of a cartoonish version. But Uncle Howdy and Bray and all these things, these are all real. They're based on moments and things that have really happened. So Uncle Howdy is, there's so much more to it than you think. It's not, it's not just so cut and dry, a spooky man in the background. There's more to it. There's complexities that you haven't got to see yet. There's things that, that I don't understand about it. And that's the beauty of it is it's, it's going to grow organically. But the story of it, I don't even think has been told yet. And, and what, if once you understand what it really is and where it came from in my childhood and who Howdy really is, it's it's kind of it's it's much deeper than you think it is than you than you would perceive it to be. It's crazy. Okay. I don't I don't understand. No, no, that. I, I, that, <laughs> that, that, no, I totally do. I actually OK, I'm a longtime fan of yours. And I, I this is something I didn't have written down. But since you just said that, I've just it's something that I've kind of wondered. Is there oh, any connection right. between like Uncle Howdy, the fiend and the man in the woods story that you told way back when? So, dude, like, like I said, man, all of these things, you know, uh, they're, they're small tidbits of, of giant stories. Like, where Howdy came from is a, is a very, and I don't mean this, I, I can't explain it because it is such a dark thing. It, where it came from is a very, very dark thing that happened in, in our life, in my life. And it's, you know, if it was shared, it would be almost too much, you know, but man in the woods is the same thing. It's kind of uh, some of these are dreams, you know, things that I've seen that I could be things that have happened in the past. Man in the woods is another thing that just, it's, it's a real moment. It's, it's something that happened and, and it's, it's told in a story format, but it's, it's crazy that people remember that because it was done on a, a side segment you know, uh, like uh, um, on WWE.com or something, but it was it was something that that I shared, you know, and I don't get to share very often. I don't like to share very often. I think people talk too damn much these days. I think they talk way too much. But when I say something, I mean it, man. You know, like I really mean it. And all of these things, there there's so much more to them. And I can't. I, I love sharing over time, but to give things away is just so boring. Yeah, yeah. To totally. Absolutely. <laughs> and I feel like the reason I, I think because you don't talk, you know, too much uh, or get to share stories like that, I think that's why that man in the store, the man in the woods story 
uh, is something that people still talk about because it's something that was so, um, it was just something that was so fascinating. It was something that really added to your, to, you know, to, to who you are as a person. And I think that fans of yours, it, it's just something that uh, we still talk about because it, it feels like it's a big part of who you are. Yeah. I, I, I dude, I love how I put so many things out there over the years, never, never expecting people to pick up on them. And when people actually did, it was the most rewarding feeling I think I've ever had in my life. It was like, you know, I, there, there are people out there that understand me. There are people out there that think and feel the way that I do. And, you know, for someone like me, that's, that's a lot, you know, because there have been plenty of times in my life where I felt like I was out on an island where no one else could come get me. No one could save me from here. So it's having that kind of connection with them is, is everything to me. And it's, it, re, it rewards me as much as it does a viewer being able to dive that deep into a story. What about Alexa Bliss? Is there unfinished business there between the two of you? Well, I'll drop some knowledge here. And, you know, I think that, uh, I, I think that people, I don't know, I don't know how they react to this, man. But like, for me, two things. I'll get to Alexa. But for me, the Hawaiian shirt, both Bray, who, who he was, he can't be without Brody to me. You know, so I, I, I can't be that without Brody. It's just not the same. It's disrespectful to my best friend. You know, it, it, it's, you know, it just can't be without him. But the Fiend died that day in Tampa, Florida, and WrestleMania to me. You know, and again, the Fiend is not just a, a goof in a mask like people think. That's, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> to me, it was, it's, it's so much more. And once you see where all these things come from, you know, how they sculpted me, how they molded me as a human being. But it, he died that day to me, and it can never be again. It's it's gone. So I, again, I don't know how people will react to that, but in my head, it's gone forever. And Alexa to me is kind of like uh, the last happy piece of that. Right? She was the she was the the last shining thing in that, you know, his, his last happy moment, you know, whether you, you can look into that however you would, but it's, it, it sucks, man, but it's, that's the way it is. Well, that makes uh, me, that makes me interested in Saturday even more knowing, you know, we're going to see, <laughs> well, who knows? I, I'm interested to see, you know, we, I feel like we don't see, you know, it, we're going to see something new. It sounds like then. Well, I, to me, like I said, this is kind of, this is different now, man. This is different. It's like there's a more, how do I explain this? It's, it's more of a free flow. It's everything that happens now is organic. And I don't know if you can tell, you know, from a television standpoint as much. And I think you can, I really do. But now it's kind of like when things happen, they happen in the moment. You know, it's not preparation. There's not all this big hoopla surrounding it and all these rules. It's kind of things are just happening. And that is the, the genius of Triple H. And when, when I say that I don't know what's going to happen, what it's going to be like, I mean, from, from you know, <laughs> a conceptual standpoint, I don't, I don't know. A character standpoint, I don't know. But I do know that this is, this is my return. It's something that I've been 
kind of geared up for for a long time. You know, I trained with boxers. I I, I worked really hard on this to get my head back in order, and it it will be it will be something that I have I'm going to take very seriously, dude. And it's going to be it's going to be brutal. It has to be. Hell yeah. I love hearing that, dude. Well, the brutal yeah. part. I'm a wrestling fan. So, you know, I love hearing this stuff's going to be brutal. Uh, so that means, so then you got in pretty good shape then in the time that you were gone? Well, dude, this is a whole other story here. But like, I found this guy, so, you know, I found Eon Wilson. And, and my friend Steve kind of introduced me to this boxer named Keith Thurman. And me and him were kind of, you know, in the same boat. I didn't know anything about boxing. He didn't know anything about wrestling. We're the same age. We're at the same place in our career. He, he had lost to Pacquiao a couple fights ago, and he refused to be a gatekeeper. And I was where I was at, but I refused to, you know, not innovate. I, I wanted to build. I wanted to be great again. And we kind of met, and we fueled each other for a time, you know. I, I met him every day in the gym at 6 a.m., and we were boxing, and and – but it was really mental healing more than anything. So it was kind of like a, my montage moment, you know, like Rocky out, you know, in the in the tundra in Siberia. It's like I was in a nasty uh, gym in St. Pete that just geared multiple world champions, you know. So it was like it was my montage moment, and it's 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 it really helped, man, <laughs> on every level. That's so sick. I hope you have a cool <laughs> slow-mo video of you punching stuff in there. I'm sure we do. <laughs> Before we go, I want to ask you uh, two questions that fans wrote to me that they wanted to know from you. Uh, the first, obviously, we just had Raw 30, and you had this moment with The Undertaker. Everybody wants to know, and if you can't tell me, I understand, but what did The Undertaker whisper to you? Okay. So... I think everybody kind of can see it for what it was, right? And when when something like that happens, like that's something that no one can take away from me. That moment belongs to me. No one else in the world in the history of time ever gets to have that moment. No one but me, right? So what he said was something that only I would have understood and something that, that only I would be able to appreciate for when and where it happened. And it was it was something I never thought would come, but but what he said exactly is between me, him, God, the devil. And it, I could never, I'll never, never tell soul. I'll go to my grave with it. But it, it was powerful. And it was unexpected, right? Very, very cool. Something I, I will cherish the rest of my life. That's a segment I can watch back. Good. Well, I'm glad that you have one segment <laughs> that you can watch back. You, That's you, a special you'll get, one. You'll get that <laughs> one. La lastly, we'll end on a fun note here. Uh, Bray Yowie wrote me and they said, you could tell us here because, you know, it's a safe place here. Uh, what's your, what's your honest opinion on rambling rabbit? Here's something crazy. Here's a little insider information. The rabbit is the only one of the puppets that was not designed to be there. Right. But he's a part of my, and I, and we kept him there because he's a part of my psyche that I didn't know was there, but it, I designed him to get, killed off and, and go away. But it, he accidentally became my own resilience in some form. And it's like, I can't stand him. He's the most simplistic of them all. You know, he's, he's goofy and dumb. And it's just, it almost is everything that annoys me. But it's also kind of like me just, 
like a like a, a cockroach that just cannot die, no matter how many times you stomp it. You know, so in a way, he's he's me. You know, so there's a part of me that loves him, but he's definitely the most annoying of them all to me. <laughs> all, right. all right well dude i really appreciate this so much anyone watching make sure you watch the royal rumble this saturday mountain dew pitch black match la Knight versus bray wyatt bray wyatt making his long-awaited return to the ring dude this was a dream come true for me to do this interview so i really appreciate you giving me the time today and i can't wait to see the match this weekend 